Welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family, love, and relationships. I am your host for this podcast, Dr. Carla Marie Manley, a practicing clinical psychologist, wellness advocate, and author based in Sonoma County, California. I've teamed up with Familius Publishing to bring you nourishing real-life information about love, family, relationships, and life. And now I'm absolutely thrilled to introduce today's guest, Heather Aranda, who will be talking with us about her work as the Mommy Arcade. Okay, I hear bells and whistles and all sorts of jangling going on. So (laughs) welcome to the podcast, Heather. Thank you so much. It is a pleasure to be here with you. Well, thank you for joining us. So to start with, tell us a little bit before we get into Mommy Arcade. Let's get to know Heather a little bit. What makes you you? Well, I have a beautiful family. I was blessed with a total of eight children. And you know, usually when I tell people that, you're going to get the looks that are like, I'm so sorry. And you're going to get the looks that are like, that's amazing. How? (laughs) Um, Seven of them are, I am blessed that I did birth. One of them, I was fortunate enough to be part of her life. And that honestly describes me in an average day how many kids we have. Uh, and what's the age out. range? What's the age range there? Right. So my oldest, my stepdaughter is about to be 21. And then my oldest is graduating high school this year. She is 18. Okay. And then what joined our family together was our Marie, who is 13. And then we have our son, Leo. He is 11, turning 12. And then our daughter, Karina, she has just turned eight. And our son, Felix, he is five years old. He'll be six in a couple months. And then our daughter, Rebecca, I always have to sort through them. So bear with me. <laughs> and Rebecca, she is just turned four proudly this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then we have our last one. Yes. Our son, who is just turned one year. And he is something else. That is for sure. Okay, so out of pure curiosity, is number nine and number 10 in the future? Being 41, I have to tell you, when I was little, I thought, you know, I'm going to have a boy and a girl, you know, that whole little fantasy type, you know, perfect little household. And then you grow up and I really did not imagine the family size I have. I did not, but I'm good. You're good. Eight is good. Eight is good. Yes. You know, I come from a family where there were 12 of us, you know, two parents, 10 kids. That's wonderful. Oh, yes. I look at my mom who's, you know, she's passed, but I think, and I look at at her picture, I think, how did you do it, mom, without running away? At two or three, I I would have gone, okay, I'm dead. So (laughs) blessings to you. And what strength and fortitude, especially in today's really busy world. So. Absolutely. Now, I also understand that as Mommy Arcade, you are on Instagram and you have a whopping 131,000 followers, which tells me that you must speak to a lot of people and you must resonate. Your message must resonate clearly with thousands and thousands of people. Tell us a little bit about Mommy Arcade. Okay, well, the Arcade family came about when I was pregnant with my son, Felix. And my daughter liked watching YouTube as every generation now. You know, YouTube is everywhere. 
And we would hear it in the background and everything. She's, please, Corina would say, I, I want to do you too, please. And I'm going, okay, all right, honey, but not right now. You know, I'm pregnant. Then we had some unfortunate news. They found some growths on me and uh, on my thyroid. Uh, nothing to bring this down, of course. We are a very positive family. And as a distraction, I thought, you know what? Why not? What better to fight bad news with good news? We'll do your YouTube channel. So we did. That was fun. That was fun. We ended up getting around 600 some followers. And YouTube does not make it easy, that is for sure. And it got a little more overwhelming as more children came along. And then I decided to go with Instagram because, well, it's instant. And when you have a lot of kids or a busy life, you want fast, quick gratification, you know, to fill in the gaps. And it still made the kids happy and it made me happy. And I enjoy editing so much. Mm. I really do. It's like there's one I did with bubbles and it's so satisfying to watch them with the bubbles around them in slow motion and the music. It, it creates a feeling and that's what I want to do. I want to always create a feeling in people. Kind of like when we were kids and you're watching a commercial and it made you kind of go, oh, I love that commercial. I only want. And that's why what I do is a little bit different than your normal bloggers and things like that. I, I'm kind of trying to bring back a little bit of the old school and then something happened. Out of the blue, we were blessed and we had different people follow us, which we never would have expected that were higher up. And then, then it just kind of went like out of control. Next thing you know, this morning when I logged in, we were at 133,000 followers. and. And I hadn't posted all week and I felt terrible because I posted money. I'm going, well, I really, I took time on this one. I, I've got some catching up to do, but it felt so good that people are kind of waiting. And when you're getting messages that you turn off your notifications yes, and you feel so bad because the people who you do want to respond to, not that you don't want to respond to everybody, of course, they're wonderful and lovely, but it's just too many that you realize, oh dear. I'm a chicken with my head cut off right now and and you're all wonderful and and we love you all but it's so hard to respond to people to so everyone. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Especially when you have eight little beings or big beings who are very proximate who need you now and exactly. And so I really appreciate and your content is absolutely lovely and I imagine as a nice contrast to parenting, which is not always immediately gratifying. You're not seeing something completed in the here and now. So being able to edit an Instagram piece where you get that sense of completion that you exactly. that you actually never get in a most beautiful way when you're raising children. It's never I, complete. No. And I'm sure you understand coming from a large family when I'm sure all your siblings and you as close and maybe unclose as you may be, who knows? Your personalities, I'm sure, come out so unique and different. And yet, I'm sure one of your siblings, something about them reminds you of you. It's so interesting <laughs> when I have been blessed to see that with my own children. I have children who are very Asperger. I have children who are extremely emotional. And I have some who are just, you know, your average kid. And then some who really know how to make the noise because they know if they're the loudest, we're going to notice them. Absolutely. So, oh, they learn that early, don't they? <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> so I have uh, some more questions for you. How do books and reading in particular, how does that fit into your obviously very busy routine? 
How do you fit it in? It has to be. Honestly, without books, you're losing something that is just, I love Instagram. I love YouTube. I love all that stuff. It's great. The world we have created. It's very exciting. I love that we can do this. But without the written work, without those stories, we lose a part of our humanity. And we really do. I mean, we genuinely do. And we come become very robotic, I've seen with children. So to take a moment and to shut down and plug off, you know, log offs. I like that word, plug off. I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I have my strange <laughs> words that come out and my kids are like, no, that's not a word. I'm, I know. I know, but it works. It You're going to remember. So it's just like, there's this book we did together, my daughter and I, that the unicorn and horse, mm. you know, this to me, it's like, okay, you know, another kid's book. All right, we'll read it together. But it was so hilarious and it left such an impression on our time together. You cannot replace that no. moment. No. It's so special. And she shared that with her siblings. She read to them. So does that happen organically with your children? I, you know, I see all of those eight, you know, that huge range of ages and personalities. Do you ask one child to read to another or does it generally happen just organically like that? So if we're pushing one of our kids with school, for example, all of our children are in virtual academy. It's something that happened during COVID. And then the school kind of said, hey, we kind of like this. So whoever wants to go back to school is going to go back. And if you want to apply to stay, and I'm a little bit different. I'm not like most parents. So I said, Hey, why not? This works. So they all have their computers. They log in at home. They're in their class, but it's all virtual. And so if I'm pushing them with school and I'm like, look, you have to read, go, go read to your sister. Well, that's me kind of like giving them the nudge. Okay. But if it's a book they like, like the one I just mentioned, they're already showing it. For example, the McDonald's did their whole, they have a book in their toys right now. And I don't even want to get into what they serve lately and everything, but hey, you know, they're doing books. So we like books. We try to please. And they're cute books. They've done it before. The same books they've already got. We probably have a million of them in our closet stack that I'll have to donate and go through of those, you know, the little ones. Cause they give you, if you have that many kids, you're going to get that many copies. You're of going the to same. get eight copies of that book. Exactly. But our son was so excited about it. It was such a little book and he liked it. And I was like, oh, okay. So he had me read it to him. And the next thing I know, even though he does not know how to read yet, he knows some words because he's in kindergarten. He's going to Alan and the baby and he's already Mm. trying to remember the words and read it to him on his own. Oh, yeah. So most of the reading, it sounds like happens organically between the siblings. Some of it's prescribed. there. And I honestly, what I would recommend to a lot of parents when it comes to reading, you know, those books, they don't all have pictures, but if you turn the lights down and you make it really fun, Mm -hmm. you can really like even Wizard of Oz, you can get into the stories and you can have like a 30 minute session with your kids that can be very exciting. Oh, very dramatic. Oh, I like that. Turn down the lights. Oh, I like that. Okay, good. So that's perfect segue into bedtime reading. Do you have a story? a routine for those bedtime stories. How does that, what does that look like in your home? Okay, we do have a tradition. I've been doing it since my firstborn, who she was born colicky. And so that was, you know, with your first kid, that's a fun experience as I'm sure you've heard. (laughs) So as she got older, I started being very creative and I came up with a song for her. So all my children have their own song, something I fabricated, I'll say. 
may have had an origin, but I took it and made it their own. Okay. And so what I do is we have a song that I sing for each of them. And it is some nights it's kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm getting to you now. Okay. But then it's the story. Now I could get a book, but unfortunately, you know, sometimes when you get a light, you know how that can. Mm -hmm. So I do what my grandfather did and my grandfather, oh man, was he an incredible storyteller. He could take you there. And I mean, when he took you there, you didn't want to be anywhere else. You wanted to be in this place he had created and you didn't want the story to end. You went to bed dreaming about it. Was he reading from a book or was he a storyteller? No, make it up. Oh my goodness. I'm getting chills. I love that. What a gift. What a gift. And, and I used to always say, grandpa, grandpa, write them down, write them down. He never wrote them down, but you know, it's funny. I remember a few of them and I always try to tell them with the intention of maybe writing them down because they're so incredible. They still give me chills. So that is what we've continued to do. Sometimes I'll involve the kids if they're so hyper. And it's one of those where one can just energy spreads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't matter if one is tired, you know, it spreads all around, just takes one kid. Yeah. So I will start a story. Another kid can add to it. And then the one on the bottom bunk might whisper something that comes next. And then I'm going to keep that story going a little bit. But my story example, one was, I'll make it fast about, I'll just say an animal who wanted to go to the moon and, and decided to try to jump and jump and my heart of the jump, they kept falling down, you know, gravity, what can I say? <laughs> you know? So then all of a sudden they fell asleep. They were just too tired. Well, in their dream, they were still building this whole thing and they built a ship that took them to the moon. Now, this story reminded me of the bear one from when I was little, where one of the stories where he goes to outer space, he sticks the box on. So I was kind of, you know, fabricating a little bit from that, but I made it a little bit different because when he was on the moon, you know, he had his own little adventure. But my goal was with the end to make them more sleepy and more tired so that they would just want to lie down and look at the earth and go right back home because they were so sleepy. Yes. And that's kind of what every story has to end with. Whatever the character we've decided to make it about, it's got to end with a, I am exhausted. I am tired. Yes. Ready for sleep. So Another question that this has led to, how long does it take you to put eight children to bed with all of these stories and reading and singing? My goodness. Well, to be fair, my oldest, she lives with her mother and goes to college and visits when we're lucky. We love when she comes. And my oldest is with my, or was, you know, with my ex because she's graduating. So it was more when she visited. So we have six all the time here. Okay. And singing to the six, and I'm going to be honest, I will not pretend it's easy. And I don't sometimes want to secretly scream into a pillow and go, why won't you guys just sleep? Just go to sleep. You know, Mary Poppins comes out and me, but you know, excuse me. It's like inside I'm secretly crying. But no, it, honestly, it does take time. But you can't just play music. They're, it's just too hard. Their brains are too wired. And sometimes they need to forget about their day. They need to let go. And the best way to do that is with a story, regardless of what their day was like. You just have to try to use that and take them to a nice place. Yeah, it's part of the winding down process. It really feels like you just incorporate it into a natural ritual that here, this is the time the lights are low and let's kind of just get into this space of of letting go of the day and moving into the night so we can wake for tomorrow. 
Exactly. Beautiful. Uh, now, another my, question. Uh, How do you choose the books for your children? How do you choose them? Well, it's interesting. I like a lot of the stories from when I was a kid. I am a fan of those. But when it comes to new stories, my children actually play a big part. I will have to say cover illustration to this day. Mm-hmm. It's like a cereal box. Yes. You need it perfect. Even with teenagers, honestly, even if there's no pictures inside, they really want to be drawn in, kind of like an R.L. Stein from when you know you were younger. I don't mean that I know the Goosebumps came out later, but the originals, when they did that, the cover art would kind of make you go, oh, what is that story? Mm-hmm. A little bit. Uh, yeah, we whatever. still judge books by their covers. We do. We're visual, <laughs> we're visual beings. And then the irony is when you get a little bit older, you appreciate more of the classic look of the book. And you're like, look at you, find yourself touching it a little bit like, oh, this is very nice. I just want to put this here. You know, it's very satisfying. <laughs> but when you're younger, that's my kids are always, if the cover doesn't sell them. So they're very big. So we look at different, sometimes Amazon, different sites. Familius is our favorite. Mm-hmm. They love Familius books because they range, they do everything for them. They talk about emotions. They talk about different. It really doesn't matter what it is your kid or personality might be dealing with. I just love that they have all of those subjects in there in a nice fantasy, very wonderful way to draw your kids in and get them very excited about whatever lesson they snuck in there for you. Absolutely. And you must have very smart kids for them to really favor familiar books because they do. You're right. It is that wide range of topics, very inclusive and making anything possible to talk about, to explore. And the familiar habits, their 10 habits, really, they try to bring books that allow all of those habits to come to life, loving together, playing together, reading together, all of those important pieces and helping families be happy. That's the mission. And so on that note, What for you and your work, how do you see that your work helps families be happy? I hope that when we share a little bit of our lives with them, whether it's our son who on his own decided, I want to try freeze-dried bugs because I saw a YouTuber do it. And can I, mom? You know? Oh my goodness. Yes, yes, he did. Wait, so what, what, tell me a little bit more about this. Well, you know, he saw a YouTuber do it and he said, they save bugs. You can eat it's protein. And, and can you order me some? So we did and we recorded it. We put it up there and, you know, he wanted to try it. Obviously he said it was okay, but that bag ended up getting thrown away. I will tell you. So it didn't become freeze-dried taco night. Absolutely. That's a good thing. That's okay. They really, they make you try many different things, but I, I've even shared moments that weren't so pleasant that were me writing poetry or reaching out to maybe my oldest in a secret message where I draw art for her and I have my poem in it, or just, we incorporate art. We incorporate our daily lives. We incorporate, here's a dish we made. Maybe you guys might like it. Whatever it is, we always try to share it, but in a in a way that makes you feel good. Yeah. In a way that oh, I did a thing recently and the beginning of it, you hear all this chaos and this noise. And then it fades into calming, you know, and all that, because it was to represent something calming. But the noise in the beginning, it's funny because that is a normal day for me. 
the noise that I shared with them. And I actually said, I, I know you guys aren't used to this and the thing, but I shared some actual real life surroundings because that is a normal mom here, mom there. Right now, I know I hear them downstairs, but my husband said, everybody just, you know, you all. <laughs> I was about I to ask you how you got such a quiet environment with six children running around the house. So your husband husband is amazing. My husband is amazing and the best support. Ah, And so when you're saying in your posts that you're the we, we do this, we do that. Is that you and your husband? Is that the we or are your children helping you? What's who is the well when I'm we as the family, I've always wanted it to be about us, regardless of who has the camera, who's recording. Who decided to, when my husband was with the cats one day and he caught them on there and then he, he edited this very um, Kung Fu back in the day, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I was laughing. It was very humorous. You know, some will get it, some won't. It was hilarious. And I loved it. And I was going, please, I want you to do more and, and be more, you know, but he, he has many things he does on his end and he's very supportive with the kids. And so he contributes in those ways when he can. But he is a very big, he says, whatever you need to do, you do it. If you need me to do this or do that, you tell me. So he's, you have to have support because if you don't, it won't work. It's just too hard. No, that's what makes really excellent families is when everybody is working to support each other and the couple, the team are really cohesive and supportive of each other. And it sounds like you have that in spades. (laughs) Thank you. I do feel very blessed. And regardless of every day, we all have good or bad because that's just life. You can't eliminate the negatives. You have to just find the balance when they come. And that's honestly how I've gotten through life. So anything that comes our way, regardless of what it is, because I have a follower who's actually homeless and God bless her with her kids. Uh, They live in a hotel and she struggles a lot. But this woman, is a writer and she somehow managed to publish books and she won't take help from anybody, no matter how much you offer. And the spirit of that alone, taking whatever negative came your way and making it a strength. I love that. And I just want to see so much more of it. And I want to encourage everyone to just find that strength in themselves. Find the strength and turn those negatives into positives whenever possible. I'm with you on that. (laughs) So, oh my goodness, I have enjoyed every moment of our chat and could go on for hours. Um, It's a pleasure talking with you. (laughs) So please let us know where can our listeners find you, Heather, and Mommy Arcade? Well, we are on Instagram. That is where we spend all our time and love until we plan on spending it elsewhere. So we are the Family Arcade. The Family Arcade on Instagram. So that's who to look for or what to look for. The Family (laughs) Arcade. And we have been speaking with Heather Aranda. Her full name is Heather Hostetler Aranda. (laughs) And I made it through that name. (laughs) And she is Mommy Arcade of Family Arcade. So thank you again. Is there any other tidbit that you want to share anything? I mean, you shared so much richness that I just don't want to leave out any last tidbits you might have for me. I have two things I say to my kids. One, treat others how you want to be treated. I believe that more strong, strongly than anything in my bones. Mm. And 
a smile is contagious. That's it. If everybody takes a moment to smile, it's interesting the response you get. And I love both of those. Yes, yes, yes. A smile from your eyes, from your mouth, from your heart is absolutely contagious. And we'll just close with that piece. Thank you so much. And again, listeners, this was Heather Aranda, Mommy Arcade of Family Arcade. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. It was a pleasure. You have a wonderful day. Thank you. And as we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familius Publishing for their support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. We'd be thrilled if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes and social media. If you'd like more wonderful Familius content, be sure to visit us at familius.com. We will find our Habit Hub blog as well as a spectacular selection of books for families. One step at a time, we can and will make the world a happier place. Thank you for sharing your time with me, Dr. Carla Marie Manley. It's been a joy and a true pleasure. Be well and shine, shine, shine as only you can do.